Well, good morning, friends. This is podcast number 474 for 2222. It's a crazy day. Um, we're in our ABC series, Grab Your Bibles, Grab Your Notepads. I pray that you're enjoying this. We want to talk about loving God, loving others. In our ABCs, we're in the L's. Um, so 1 Corinthians one eighteen says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Then turn back to Romans. Romans, right after the book of Acts, sandwiched in between the book of Acts and, and 1 Corinthians. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's not enough to know the gospel. It's not enough to believe the gospel. Are you ashamed of the gospel? That's a question we need to ask ourselves daily. Are we sharing it? Are we proclaiming it? For it's the only good news. Stock market could have a good day. Uh, your investments could be up. Your bank account could be up. You could be feeling great. Those are all great. The best news of all is that you're loved. You're loved by God who paid the price for your sin in Vermont. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For it is, for in it, excuse me, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous will not live by church attendance or reading the Bible or tithing. All of those things are good. Don't get me wrong. But the righteous shall live by faith, and that faith is in God himself, who paid the price for us. Now let's look at love. We hear a lot in our society about love. We don't see a lot uh, portrayed But I believe there's more love out there than we see. And I believe that there are people who are about the work of the Lord who get no credit and they don't want any credit. They're just out there loving on people and ministering to people. But in Matthew chapter 22, we see that this was not just um, a question for our time in which we live in, but a time when everybody seems to be concerned about this thing called love. So in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus had uh, just kind of whipped up on the Sadducees, one group of um, the Jews. And now a Pharisee says, but when the Pharisee, verse 20, or 34, chapter 22, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. So they beat the Sadducees or he beat the Sadducees. Well, let's ask him a question and let's stump him. And one of them, a lawyer, Ask him a question to test him, not because he wanted to know what Jesus' knowledge was, not because he was concerned and wanted to serve him, but to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law, and you'll know at that time um, there were over 600 laws. So, hey, just off the top of your head, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. He narrows it down to this. And in narrowing it down, don't think that he simplified it because he didn't. Because look at what he says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. With everything that is in you emotionally. From the depth of your soul and activating your mind. 
It is not a leap of faith, and we don't dumb down our lives and say, well, I, I, just, I just believe in this, this almost fairy tale like existence that God has given us. No, we have um, years and years and years and years of, uh, of proof behind what we believe. The Bible has been the most attacked uh, portion of Scripture ever. It's, the Christian faith is the most attacked faith that's ever been attacked. We rest on good, solid evidence in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we don't turn our brain off, as some would say, that we have done as Christians. Oh, that Christianity stuff, there's nothing intellectual about it. Absolutely, there's intellectual about it. That's why the Bible says we study to show ourselves approved. Um, We handle the scripture. We please our Lord. Why do we do that? Because we're supposed to study, we're supposed to to know the Word of God, we're supposed to intellectually be able to explain things. Peter says, be ready to give an answer to every man of the reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear, not in arrogance. We don't study to be arrogant. We study to be informed and transformed and then to be able to share that with others. See, love, true love, leads to a relationship that is complete in God, but it also also leads to obedience. Turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 15. Page turning, page turning. I love page turning. In John chapter 14, this is a powerful portion of Scripture, uh, he talks about, you know, you believe in God, believe also in me. I'm going to prepare a mansion for you, a, a, a place for you. And, and if I go, I'm going to come back and get you and receive you. And then you'll be with me forever. John 14, 1 through 3. Then he says in verse 6, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the way. Philip says, uh, we're, we're, show us the Father. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I mean, it's a powerful chapter. And then verse 15, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. <laughs> But I thought love was just love, 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 feeling. No, no, no. Love is about obedience as well. It's about keeping his commandments. It's about staying true to who he is. It's about taking what he's teaching us on a daily basis and applying it to our lives so that we can make a difference in a world that so desperately needs to know that there's a God that's madly in love with him. So much so that he gave his life. Let's look at First John. We, we've gone from the Gospel of John, now we're going to the back of the Bible, towards the back. It's on 1579 um, in my Bible. If you'd all just buy the same Bible I had, we could just flip to pages, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. First John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Where is love from? It's not from the movie theater. It's not from Hollywood. It's not from The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. It is from God. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. This is true love. This is not some ooey-gooey, feely love. This is not you do for me, and I'll do for you, and, you know, that's love. No, this is God's love. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Makes it very clear, doesn't it? If we don't love, and again, not just some some humanized version of love, but we don't love of God as God loved. Verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. God 
proves his love and shows his love, and we'll get into some more scriptures on that, by sending his only son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus uh, wasn't forced to go. He was a uh, voluntarily, he came and he gave his life. Remember what he said in Mark? He said, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, to give his life, to offer his life, to willingly lay down his life. Verse 10, in this love, in this is love, excuse me, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Propitiation, he paid the price, the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Let that sink in for a minute. If God so loved us, you and I, Shouldn't we love one another? Shouldn't we reach out to one another? Shouldn't we care for one another? Shouldn't we love as he has loved, at least sharing that love that, hey, Jesus loves you. He loves you too much to leave you, just like he loved me too much to leave me in my sin. He's not going to leave you in your sin. But he loves you and he gave his son. He went first. No one has ever seen God If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfecting in us. No one's ever seen God, but they can see the love of God and they can see the love of God through us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he is in us because he has given us his spirit. There's that down payment, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. There's that down payment of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing um, our final salvation, verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to the Savior of the world, to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So that, so we have now come to know and to believe that the love of God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and abides in him. There's this living, there's this abiding in his love. There's this presentation, this showcasing of the love of God. It's what we're called to do. Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. We've been released from judgment. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says there's no condemnation now uh, for us because of what Jesus has done. He's removed the condemnation. He received it all, the wrath of God on him so that you and I can go free. But we don't go free and then back to what we were doing. We go free to walk in the love of God, to manifest the love of God, just as Jesus manifested the Father's love and his own love. We manifest the Father's love and Jesus' love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. If we're worried about the punishment of God, we don't truly understand the love of God. Are you perfect because you're saved? Absolutely not. But are you free from the punishment of God as you live in Christ? Absolutely. The Bible does tell us in Corinthians, we'll stand before God at the Bema Seat. We'll give an account for what we've done after our relationship with Christ has been started in the, in the fact that we have a salvation experience. But <clears throat> we'll give an account after that. But we won't lose our salvation. We'll all stand before God, but not with fear. 19, we love because he first loved us. Pretty plain, right? He went first, he loved, and then we loved him. Jesus wasn't lost and we found him. 
We, Jesus didn't need us, we need him. Let's be very clear about salvation. God went first, God paid the price, we are the recipients of that love, and we don't improve on it in any way, but we showcase it by the works that we do because of his love. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Uh, Tell me what you really feel. (laughs) I mean, can it be more plain than that? Can it be more plain than that? The love of God manifests itself in us. And because of that, all this worldly hatred that could be there built up over years and years and years begins to dissolve away. Why? Because if we know that God loved us so much that he was willing to give his life for us, he obviously loves our brother too. Even if our brother is in complete sin and chaos and it's a mess. For he who... Uh, does not love his brother whom he has not seen cannot or he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen it's pretty plain right we haven't seen God we see the results of it just like we don't see the wind we or we see the results of the wind we understand that the love of God is manifest and therefore we have an attribute of God we see God as love but we haven't seen him face to face but the Bible does say in first John chapter 3 that we will see him one day face to face Do you want to see him as your righteous savior and the righteous judge, or do you want a a savior, or do you want to see him as your judge? It all depends on your relationship with him. 21, and this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. He repeats it and says, listen, 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 you can't love God. You can't say you love God and hate your brother. And then he completes it in 21 by saying, hey, 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 we need to love one another. So we are called to love. We're called to love based on the fact that he went first and he loved us. Familiar portion of scripture, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Let's go through some scriptures showing and showcasing his love for us. John chapter 3 verse 16. You might have heard this verse once or a million times. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. We have a choice. It's like Moses before the people. I sent before you life and death. I ask you to choose life. We have a choice. And by the way, that choice is daily. That choice is daily. We don't lose our salvation, but 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 we want to walk in what what uh, Jesus says is the abundant life of John ten ten. And how do we walk in that? We walk in the love of God. We stay in the Word of God, and we talk to God through prayer. Look at John chapter ten verse fourteen. Jesus talking about himself. He says, "I'm the good shepherd." There's only one. I know my own and my own know me. Do you know God? Because he knows you. He knows you the best. And he loves you the most. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. See the intimacy? He says, I know you just like the father knows me and the father. And I know the father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. No one takes it. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. I'm going to bring them all together. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life 
that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. I'm in such unity with my father that I am willing to lay down my life to to do the goodwill of the Father and to, to provide um, salvation and a bridge back to a relationship with the Father. It's beautiful. And when did God love us, by the way? On that one day where you were really, really, really good? Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. I've never had one of those days. I was just hoping maybe you had one. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God shows his love to us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And hopefully you can say a big amen to that. Because it's in our weakness, it's in our sinfulness that he died for us. Because Romans 3 says there is no one righteous, no, no one, not one, and no one does good. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Speaking of God, he says, he who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Not only did he give us and not hold back his son, but with his son, with the Holy Spirit, the triunity, the trinity, they will give us everything that we need in this life. Does that mean it's a a prosperity thing? Yes, in the sense that we prosper in our relationship with God. We prosper in our relationship with others. But it's not about goods and services. It's about relationship. Look at verse 35 of the same chapter. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? His love for us. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. We didn't go first in that. He went first. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What shall separate us? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because he went first. While we're in Christ, I love this picture of a, of, a, of a child walking with a father. And the child's holding on to the father's hand and he thinks he's doing something. And the truth is the father's holding his hands. You're not secure in Christ because of your grip. You're secure in Christ because of his grip. Oh, we ought to love him with everything. And then we ought to love others. Let me close in prayer. Second, Peter chapter three, verse 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you till we talk again.